Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Intentional Icing. We know it's been quite a long hiatus, but this semester we promise we'll be getting back on a much more regular schedule. I'm Kaylee, and Alex will be joining us shortly for tonight's episode. First of all, if you haven't already, go on Twitter and tweet the hashtag BellLet'sTalk to raise awareness and money for mental health initiatives. And then second, allow me to give you a bit of a fair warning. I've been in Europe for the past month and have barely kept up with sports at all because it's kind of hard to know what happens and how a team is playing when it's all when you're asleep. So if I say something you don't agree with, feel free to take to Twitter to discuss it with me. Anyway, tonight we'll be discussing midseason rankings. We'll look at a couple trades that took place just about a year ago and how they panned out, and we'll be previewing the All-Star game, which is this weekend. So let's get started. Alex, you there? I'm here. Perfect. So, it's been a long time since we've been here. It has. It really has. And so definitely a lot of stuff has gone on in the meantime, especially with injuries, hot streaks starting and ending, and yeah, general hockey stuff, of course. So I thought we could start tonight by taking a look at some mid-season rankings, who's hot and who's not, even though we are a little past the halfway point. So who is Definitely, the team that you it. keeping your eye on? So, you know, after, you know, based on based on sort of the play recently, I guess you know the first team I have my eye on to see what you know kind of happens for the future has got to be Toronto. You know. They, I don't think anyone expects them to be this good right now. Obviously, Matthews is a beast. Marner, Nylander, sensational. Um, but, you know, you've, you've also gotten great stuff out of Nikita Zaitsev on defense and Freddie Anderson in goal, and, you know. And they have, they'll have some competition. I mean, you know, Boston, Ottawa, Philly, they're all right there with them. Um all of them have sort of been pretty average down the stretch here, so we'll find out. Um, Toronto owns the best uh, record of of that group um, in the past ten games, so and they also own the best goal differential. Uh, but they currently sit um, in eighth place, so we'll have to see. But I think that's my uh, team. I've got my eye on. There's been a lot of rumblings recently that they really need to trade for a defenseman. Who do you see as being a good fit? Well, yeah, there's, there's, it, it's really a question of what kind of defenseman they're looking for. Are they looking for a rental, or are they looking for a full time? Uh, you know, let's take on this contract and have him be a part of the, uh, uh, of the of the foreseeable future. I think. There's lots of different, you know, um, some, I mean, I know, let's just look at two teams that are probably are selling, Colorado and Arizona. Uh, Colorado, has, I know they probably would like to get rid of uh, Thetter Tootin. Um, he's, he's at the last year of his deal. Uh, he could garner something similar to what McLeod got. Um, and then, you know, and there, there's there's possibly something in Arizona there too, but really most of the trade talks with Arizona has been about Martin Hansel. 
So, you know, we'll see. Once once the uh once we get a little closer to the deadline, some teams might separate out and we could see where uh uh where Toronto ends up going. But I I don't I don't mind the Federer Tudin fit, especially if they want to keep it, you know, cheap and uh and just better and like. I mean they've done that with they they've obviously added Roman Polak for that same reason, so yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely fair. They're, I don't know. I'm not sure if I would actually put them in a position to really compete for anything long term this year, but they've definitely been a you know really good surprise, especially with those young guys that you mentioned. So it'll be interesting absolutely. to see what they decide to do before the deadline. Absolutely. Um, kind of relatedly to the teams who are hot right now, we have a question from Adio Royster. He wants to know, are the Caps for real? Like, for real, for real. And (laughs) once again, they're first in the Metropolitan, only by two points this time over the Jackets. But, you know, I got to go with what tradition has played out. They'll make it through the first two rounds of the playoffs, and then they won't get any further. Like, it's just so hard to bet against that happening at this point, just year in and year out. But, you know, Backstrom has been a huge part of that success this year and in the past, of course, as well. So I think if anything changes to help them get through further, it will definitely be because of his play. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the thing about the Caps, like you mentioned, it's – you know, them and the St. Louis Blues, I know, have some, you know, shaky postseason results the past few years. But, you know, if the right things happen, they can still be successful. I They they have an incredible offense. Uh, they've always had an incredible offense. And they have an incredible keeper in Braden Holby. And, and even the defense is, is you know, is, is solid. But it's, it's about them not making mistakes. And I think each year that goes by, these guys get a little older and, you know, a little wiser, and maybe this is their year. Um, you know, Columbus has been really good, but they've, you know, they've taken sort of a – they've fallen back down to earth a little bit. Uh, the Rangers and the Canadians also look solid, but they don't look like world beaters either. So – and then, of course, Pittsburgh is is still really, really effective. And it's about the matchup that Washington gets. I mean – you know, as it stands right now, they would they would they would get Toronto, but you know, they if they stumble one or two games here, they could they could fall into someone like New York, and that could really affect their chances. Um, I think they are for real though. I their fourth line is terrific. Uh, they've got a lot of production from a lot of different players, even when some guys like Burakovsky have been snake bitten at some point. Um, but I, I mean, hey, I. I like I like the way they're playing. Yeah, I would like to see OV win a cup at some point, but mm, maybe not this year. The Penguins can repeat, and then he can go. <laughs> That's what I will take happening right now. Calling it now. We'll <laughs> so see. then, we'll on the see. flip side, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't actually think it will happen. It would be very nice, but we'll see. So, yeah, on the flip side of these hot teams, who has kind of surprised you in their decline this season? 
it's it's got to be Tampa Bay. Um, they it it doesn't really make a lot of sense how bad they've been. It's not like they've lost a big part of their lineup. I mean, you know, yeah, they've had some injuries, but they're just a dramatic regression. I mean, well, yeah, obviously Stamkos, but <laughs> you know, they've all they 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 but they've had you know, but they've had success without Stamkos before, and they they still have some of the brightest young players in the game. I mean, Kucherov and Palat are still dominant, and but just you know, their defense has been eh. Bishop has been really poor and effectively lost it to Vasilevsky, uh, the job uh, starting job, and uh, they, they you know they they they've been challenged by some depth injuries, but you know they just it doesn't. They're just not winning some of the games, you know, some of the close situations of last year, of last season. I don't know. It's at least, you know, it's 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 surprising for me. You know, I didn't think it'd be this far deep of a regression, even with Stamkos out. Mm-hmm. The whole state of Florida is kind of hurting for hockey right now, between Tampa and then everything happening with the Panthers, the disconnect between the front office and the players, and the front office within itself is just. Oof, that has hurt the team so yeah. bad. It, yeah, it's a mess down there right now, which is a far cry from last year. So, and that's why it's a it's a shame to see that. But, um, I, yeah, I, it's just it's really, you know, I, I could have told you that Detroit would have taken a step back this year, possibly New York, um, but I didn't really see Tampa being the second worst team in the East right now. It, I I. Tied with the with the with New Jersey and Detroit and Buffalo for that matter, um, uh, down at the bottom of the division. So I, I I'm thoroughly shocked by that, even with Stamkos out. Yeah, I agree. Another surprise for me was Dallas. Like they haven't exactly been super hot in the past couple of years, even with you know Ben and Sagan and all of that. But their goalie situation just seems like a never-ending cycle of awfulness. Like, their defense is consistently okay, and their goalies should be good. And, like, you look at the names, you look at Button and Niemi, every other guy they've had in there in the past couple of seasons, and they just fall apart. Like, obviously, you cannot have a successful team without a good back end. And especially this year, too, like, their leading scorer is Patrick Eves. On a team where you have Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, your leading scorer should not be Patrick Eves. <laughs> all, all, respect, all respect to Patrick like, Eves. Yes, of course, he's a year. great player, obviously. But that's but, just not yeah, the- who you would expect to be carrying a team, like, far into the playoffs or anything like that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It's you know, it's always sort of the the goalie situation that you touched on has always been a problem in Dallas. Um, but yeah, I, you know, Sagan and Ben have dealt with some injuries themselves, but they just but they haven't had the supporting cast up around them. They had some unfortunate injuries in the preseason, um, and they just really. But they still have such an explosive. They have such an explosive offense that. They, you thought they'd be okay, but you know everything seems to be collapsing on top of it. You know, I wonder who their who their goalie is next year. I wonder what their defense looks like next year. I, I don't know. 
especially with the expansion draft coming up. Who's who's going where? What are they going to? I mean, they could honestly make an effort to get Ben Bishop and just not protect, you know, not not protect Niemi or or Letman for that matter. It's going to be. They could just have a totally different goalie situation next year, which they probably should. But yeah, a, a surprise step back for Dallas. I would agree. Yeah. I think that you mentioned Bishop is interesting there because I think it would be interesting to see how he plays in that kind of system. Like he's definitely more of a guy to go more out of his net and cut down on an angle and challenge players in person. So I think um, that just a little shift in goaltending style would be really interesting to see how that affects the entire team. Absolutely. Especially because Dallas is the the kind of team that's going to get out they're going to try, want to get out in uh, in transition quickly and, and make things happen. So if Ben Bishop can make a it can make an active save, you know, it, so it could open up opportunities. I mean, you, you know, we've seen some some nice results like with Auntie Ranta in in New York, allowing you know guys like Michael Grabner to flourish, and Bobrovsky's been really active um, in Columbus, and they they had they've gotten some serious success in transition there too. So. I hope that he could be a fit, but he has to he has to reclaim himself a bit. Mm-hmm. So, kind of speaking of trades, our next subject that we were going to touch on was some blockbusters from last year at about this time. And of course, most of these I remember because they were on teams that I like and I root for. Um, so, of course, if you have any others you'd like to discuss, um, feel free to. But one trade that has really, really paid off, I think, was the Hagelin trade last January. Like, oh, I know we've touched uh, on yeah. this before, but I still, I do not have enough words to talk about how happy I am that Carl Hagelin is a Penguin. <laughs> like, of course, <laughs> as a Penguin fan, but it's also just really nice to see him fitting in well with the team again. and like, flourishing so well in the way that he could not in Anaheim. It was interesting because during his time in New York, you feel like, you know, this guy is, you know, he's an incredible playmaker. And then he goes to Anaheim and does this shell of himself. But the the return of the East has been really, really good to him. And and they, you know, Pittsburgh is reaping the benefits. I mean, you know, they they only gave up Perron and Clendenning, who are both not in Anaheim right now. Um Ironically, Clendenning is also back in the East too. So, um, and Perron scored a goal against us last night. So that's true. Perron for him, I guess. Solid, but he's been, but he's been solid for um, for the Blues. So, you know, and that and that's that's the uh, that's the rub there. You know, I, it, at the end of the day, if Pittsburgh is is winning this by a mile, even if Hagelin is not going to go out there and and score 15 goals or 20 goals, he's still been really effective, and um, and Anaheim has nothing to show for it. Right. Yeah, I would definitely say that Pittsburgh won that trade. I would say I would argue that, but I don't think anyone would actually be arguing with me. I think it's pretty clear <laughs> that we got the better end of the deal there. Absolutely, yeah. I think a little less clear-cut one was Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson. I remember both of these like they were yesterday. Like I was in the Bahamas. I got to the computer lab for like my one bit of Wi-Fi a day. 
and like these trades were the first thing that popped up on my Twitter and I was like screaming and everyone else in the computer lab trying to do their homework was like please stop I know this is just talking so you need to stop but I would say that probably Columbus got the better end of this bargain with Seth Jones I would say so too you know um, the the problem here is that right now if you're looking at well could both these people uh, sit back with their old teams and you know, Nashville absolutely needs some defensive help. Um, mm-hmm. They were, they believe they were in a position that was strong enough to make that. And of course, then that you know, was a precursor to Subban for uh, Weber. But um, you know, they believe they're in a strong position, and then and now they've been kind of you know forced to. They've been use a lot of depth on the uh, on. Uh, on the back end, you know, they still have gotten some good production from guys like Ryan Ellis and T.S. Eckholm, but um, they could really, you know, use him now. And Johansson's been solid. I don't think he's been a world beater, and I think there are other guys there in Nashville that I'm more impressed with, like Victor Harvinson. So, and, and on the flip side, Seth Jones is the ideal fit for John Tortorella in, in Columbus. I think he's been terrific. Zach Rowinski's been terrific there too. And any of these guys who can just, you know, bomb shots and get, you know, get rebounds, go to the net. It, it's really, um, it's really been a really good fit for Jones and he, he's going to be there for a long, long time. Yeah. I think he definitely fit the needs of Columbus more than Johansson did for Nashville, even though they did need like a more offensive minded center or, wing or whatever they've been having him play because they've been changing their lineup like crazy. But I think that Jones just really fit in a little more with the culture of the team and the style of play more immediately, I would say. And even though it's been a year, you can still kind of see that he's really meshed a little better than I think Johansson has. I would agree with that for sure. And then my last one on the list, this was Definitely more than a year ago, but I still kind of can't believe that Jim Rutherford pulled it off. Trevor Daly for Rob Scuderi. <laughs> that's, see, that's the that right there. That is the beauty of you know just flipping a veteran for a veteran and just getting the best out of something. You know, and and what a what a win that was. I, you know, Trevor Daly is just far and away better than. Scuderi, you know, looking back on that, you go, oh my gosh, how did that even happen? Like, why did they, why did they make that trade? Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a testament to the, you know, player development ops and um, to, to realize that Daly is going to be a great fit here. Um, and uh, they lucked out for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that's even on top of just his play fitting in with us much better than Scuderi's did, I think there's definitely an off-ice component to it as well because you always see the players talking about how great of a guy Daly is, how he's always happy and smiling. And, I mean, I certainly don't know Scuderi in person, but, you know, he never certainly looked to interact with his teammates the way Daly does. I mean, locker rooms are different everywhere, you know, and and they have some – you know, there's still a good youthful core in Pittsburgh, and you know they're 
they're more energetic. They're they're having fun. They're fast. They're you know they're they're physical and daily. You know, daily is, is the kind of guy that sits well there. And Skidari is sort of a you know he's kind of a you know old school veteran kind of you know he needs to go out there and you know lay down the law so he might not be as fun. I'm, I'm you know I can't say I never met either of them, but you know it, it, he just. Yeah, the the I, you make a great point. The off ice thing is uh, has been great too. I think that they've really um, fed off his energy a lot. Yeah, I think Scuderi fit perfectly with the 2009 Cup team. They were a little bigger, a little grittier, but he would have just, you know, he was very clearly out of place on the team that won last year, as it became a more faster, fluid kind of game for them, I suppose. I, I agree with that. And then, do you have any trades you want to talk about? Well, we could, we could talk don't about have the to one that happened. Uh, we, we could one that, talk about the one that happened yesterday. Um, the Tommy Wingles trade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, um, that's, you know, I've been waiting, you know, just see, we, we, I wanted something to pick up. I wanted some sort of deal, and it just sort of popped out of the blue. Um, obviously, um, Tomas Hurdle is close to coming back in San Jose. Uh, they've had really good success from their young guys like Timo Meyer, uh, Ryan Carpenter, Kevin LeBanc, and Wingles is pretty much on his way out regardless. So I think it was a good, good idea to trade him now. Um, and they they got they got some. I mean, Buddy Robinson is a an effective defender. Um, obviously, having more picks is good, and um, I think he's. I think the Sharks made out pretty well. And for the Senators, there's, they could always use some um, third or fourth line depth. I think they're very top heavy on offense, so Wingles is a great fit there. I really like that deal a lot. Yeah, you wouldn't think that Ottawa is necessarily a team that needs to add much more grit. What with Chris O'Neill or Neil? Is it just Neil? Yeah, Chris Neil. Chris yeah. But having more depth, like you said, and a guy who can really contribute when he's given the opportunity to, that'll definitely help them some. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those. I'm sure the you know I I follow a lot of players on Twitter and stuff and they were all uh they were all pretty upset when you know Wingles was Dell he seems like a high character kind of guy so he he'd mesh well with some of the some of the veterans in Ottawa like like Chris Kelly and um and even you know Eric Carlson for that matter. Yeah, I follow a lot of them as well and I it was kind of a cruel irony of course that the main do- main thing that opened the door to his trade is Tomas Hurdle returning and yet they're like best friends and Hurdle's tweet about it. It's the saddest little thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's 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 always I mean it's a, a cool, business of course, but yeah, cool irony it's a cruel cool world sometimes. But I you know, Wingles is a good guy and I, I he still has a lot in the tank. I I think he could if he bounces back in Ottawa, he could be he could be a nice fit somewhere next year. I possibly staying there, possibly earning himself a you know a multi-year contract. But we'll see. I I I wish him the best. You know, he's a Miami guy. You know, we we both love that, of course. Um, mm-hmm. So it, he's 
we'll uh, got to hope, hope for the best. And then for the Sharks, you know, they, they've been looking for defensive depth too. We might see Buddy Robinson at some point. He's a big guy, um, and he could uh, he could really make an impact. He's got a goal and an assist in seven games in his NHL career. So uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Only time will tell to see how this uh, works out for both teams. For sure, that's obviously how it is in most trades, especially all the ones we just talked about, except for of course daily for Scuderi, which I expected to pretty of much course. play out the way that it has. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. so our last topic for the night is the upcoming All-Star game. And I think at this point it's become a bit of a dubious honor to be selected. I think especially by the league now as opposed to fan votes. Yeah. Cuz it's just, you know, fans voted on the captains and then the league chooses everyone else. And then we end up with rosters that have four Blackhawks on them instead of, like, yeah, I, players who biggest, actually uh, deserve to be there. <laughs> I mean, that was my biggest uh, my biggest yeah. right, too. You know, it it's, uh, was not very happy. I mean, you know, Taze has been a beast in the past, but he, you know, shouldn't not be an all-star year. this year. And, you know, they – there were some guys that, you know, I just didn't like being on there. I wasn't crazy about Getzloff on there. Um, you know, I think they've had other, you know, that there could be someone better. Obviously, you want one person from, from you know, from each team. But, you know, there's some guys. I was also pretty uh, upset personally because I thought David Pasternak deserved to make the uh, the six forward. He absolutely um, should have. And, you know, it's – it's kind of it's you know he's had he's had an unbelievable start to his career. I think he's he's an all star for sure. But we'll see. You know, I, it, maybe maybe the NHL will begin to listen. So <laughs> yeah, not to get too cynical with it, but after the John Scott thing last year, which all the fans loved, of course, given that they voted him in, like the league has just cracked down so much. I think. Like, you call the NFL the no-fun league, but that's about to, like, transfer over here, taking out the skills competition, taking out the draft, you know, choosing the players who make it pretty much on the basis of who's going to make the most money for you and get the most people to tune in instead of the people who deserve to be there. Like, yeah. Eh, it's, yeah I, I, you know, I see why I guys see fake illnesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I uh, I feel like some of these moves might have been better 10, 15 years ago when it was a different mm-hmm. game. But it's the game's so young now. You want to you want to see these guys get in, right? You know, so we'll see. I, I maybe they'll begin changing it. They'll realize that there are these young stars coming up that just have to, you know, have to make it. And, you know, I don't understand how you can have you know, you can have some of the most effective rookies and second-year players not in there. So, Yeah, so especially um, Mike Sullivan, coach of the Penguins, announced today that Evgeny Malkin has an undisclosed lower body injury and um, will not be participating in the All-Star game, which, of course, is a little bit suspect, but, you know, of course. if he doesn't want to be there... <laughs> 
he can do with uh, If he, you know, if, if he's gonna, if he's gonna miss the, uh, if he's gonna miss it, you know, it's probably, uh, it's probably something kind of, you know, very minor, like, <laughs> but. I don't know. You know, you also want to be careful with with uh, with Malkin too. You know, it, it's it, especially if you're the Penguins, you have a, a fierce race coming up. So if it is something legitimate, you'd probably be like, you know what, hold off on this game. We don't want you playing in it. You know, you, you clearly are an all star, but just take it easy okay. for a week, get healthy, and come back strong. So who would you choose to fill in that spot? Obviously, it's the Metro, so you can't have Pasternak. So who would you that's, pick as the replacement? That is a loaded question. I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, it, it's that's one of the one. The, actually, the the Metro is one of the the most solid selections. I think of of the of the conferences. I, you know, they put together a good solid lineup, and you know. I have to. I really have to sit down and think about it. Um, there are lots of guys out there I like, but you know I don't have an answer for that. Actually, I don't know. Maybe you have an answer. Yeah, I was down to between Cam Atkinson, who is having the season of his life, and oh, Nicholas yeah, Backstrom, who well, is also pretty pretty good up there. But ultimately, I think that Atkinson might be the. Med- better move just because of how showy and scoring focused that the all-star game usually turns out to be because Backstrom, yeah. of course, his main thing is that he's the assist guy and he's obviously yeah. got a good hand at scoring as well, but that's not what he's known for cam this season. He's just so small and speedy and he's got a lethal shot. So I think in keeping with more with what, the league really wants to get out of the game. I think Atkinson might fit a little bit better. Well, I, of course, yeah, I like that. That's him a, for this season too. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. Um, the, especially because this year breakout season for these speedy guys. You know, you got uh, Michael Grabner, Sam Gagne, Atkinson, of course. Even you know, you got the rookie Miles Wood, who I really am high on in New Jersey. I think he's going to be a star. Uh, he is so fast, and he he can really make things happen. Uh, you know, as, as he continues to put on you know some extra some extra weight, he can be a beast. But um, that's sort of the way the league's trending, and I think I think both would be great fits. We may end up we may end up still seeing both. We'll see what uh what kind of mystery ailments fall down. But I like the Atkinson pick a lot, and Baxter, of course, had a great year. But you know, it's one of those things too, where with him, it's always you know, is it him or is it is it you know everyone's guarding Ovi, so let's let it opens things up for Baxter. You know that's the mm-hmm. that's the main rub on him. But Atkinson has been incredible. I mean, he's got a, a lot of unassisted goals, a lot of shorthanded goals. He's remarkable. Yeah. So that would definitely be my pick for the replacement. But I've seen a lot of tweets. I, yeah, that I, the Jackets haven't been contacted I, yet, so who knows? We'll see. I you know. <laughs> We'll uh, we'll get those last second ones in there uh, pretty soon. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's about it for me. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, that's about it. You know, again, make sure you use the hashtag uh, Bell Let's Talk on Twitter. Get that out. Get the word out. It's an amazing cause, um, not just for hockey, but 
you know, and not just for the, the hockey community, but for everyone throughout Canada and throughout North America. So, um, you know, do get out there and, you know, make an impact and get some stuff going. Exactly. And also make sure to tune in to totalsportslive.com to check out some great sports stories from all over the sporting world, not just hockey, but of course, read our stuff first. Absolutely. And yeah. So thank you for tuning in for our first episode in a while. And we'll try and be much more consistent this time around. Thanks we'll be for back listening. next week for sure. <laughs> Have a good night.